0: Back to the Data Stack Show. Today, we are going to talk with Holistics, which is a self-service BI platform. They do some really interesting things relative to a lot of other options in the market. And I actually had a chance to meet the Holistics team in person over a year ago in San Francisco at a conference I attended. And their team is incredibly sharp, really enjoyed meeting them. But from a technical standpoint, I'm interested, Costas. what do you want to ask them based on what differentiates them? Because there are so many options in the BI space.
1: Yeah, actually, it's very interesting that we are discussing with someone from the BI space because Mm -hmm. as a market, it has gone through like a lot of changes lately. I mean, it's not been long ago that we had the acquisition of Looker from Google, for example, the acquisition and going out of the public market of Tableau from Salesforce, the merge of Science with uh, Periscope data. So it's a very interesting market. There are many things that are happening. Products are really competing with each other, uh, trying to differentiate. And we also have to consider that we have a company that it's actually based from Asia. They're based like in Singapore and Vietnam, and they managed like to do an amazing job in like expanding both in the United States and in Europe. So it's very interesting, first of all, to see how they manage to differentiate as a product and how they perceive differently um, the BI problem and the visualization problem and how they succeed in that, uh, especially with the constraints that they have. Right? I mean, uh, it's really hard, like, to compete in this space, even if you are like in an environment like Silicon Valley. It's even harder when you have to do that, like, from completely different culture and time zone, like um, by, like being in, in Asia, for example. And uh, I think the team there has managed to do an amazing job in building a technology that really stands out compared like, to the rest of the products. I'm really interested to see because they are approaching the problem like from two sides. One is like from the data analyst, of course, which is the main consumer of a product like BI. But at the same time, they're trying to approach and solve the problems of like the data engineer. And we have seen in this show uh, that the data engineer as a a person inside the organization is becoming more and more important. And it would be great to see how these problems are addressed from a purely BI tool, uh, which comes like from the visualization space. So yeah, I'm very interested to see what Hugh has to say. And let's move forward and chat with him. Hi, Hugh. It's very nice to have you tonight at the Data Stack Show. Thank you so much for your time. I'm very excited to hear about uh, yourself and Holistics and your products and the stories that you have to share around BI and the data industry in general. So welcome. Can you please introduce quickly yourself and also say a few things about the company?
2: Okay. Hi, Kvastar. Thanks for having having me. I'm very excited to be here. Mm-hmm. So my name is I, you know, I run this company called Holistics. So we are sort of like a, a data platform that help data team build and maintain a central source of truth for analytics logic or business logic, and then expose that to the business user, to the non-technical users via a very simple interface for them to kind of ask data questions and get answers themselves without bothering the, 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 the technical people, the data teams. Essentially, that's what we do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's great. Yeah. So, can you give us a little bit more color on the original idea and the background behind Holistics, like who came up with the idea and the evolution of the idea? Because as everything else in this world, like probably it was a bit different at the beginning when we started compared to yeah. uh, how it looks today. So, it would be great to see the evolution of Holistics.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Um- so, so, so my background is a software engineer and, you know, I studied computer science. You know, I have been doing programming all my life. And then when I, I studied in Singapore and then when I, you know, finished uh, university, I, I kind of joined this company called Viki, V-I-K-I. Uh, it's actually a U.S. startup, uh, very popular back then and still now. And that they do, you know, they, they, they do Korean um, drama and, Chinese drama, Taiwanese drama, Japanese drama. So they, they basically tech, uh, it, think of it as a Hulu for international audience, international movies. So then I joined that company as a data engineer. My first job out of college back in 2012, 2013. So then the, we, we have a very small data team back there, right, only a, two or three people. And then I was kind of the first hire that they hire there. And I worked with my boss, with director of analytics. And, you know, in a, in a short span of, you know, one or two years, we started to build our internal analytics infrastructure that serve the company, internal users and even external users. Right. So along the way, you know, you know, we can get more about what kind of a data stack back then we were using in a bit. Uh, but along the way, you know, we build a bunch of internal tools inside a company and then you know one of the tools turns out to be a simple dashboarding tool right you know you write a sql query you slap a chat uh, visualization on top and then you you write some sort of boilerplate around it to share it to other people right so so i started building that thing and then after a while i realized that hey th- this shit can can be abstract it can be externalized to other people so i went to my boss to talk to them to him i went to the management team and ask, hey, if I can spin this off into a, a separate uh, uh, startup, then they all say yes. So, so the, the idea kind of started from there, right? So I, then I talked to my friends, recruited my you know, current co-founders, and then we go, kind of work in it part-time a bit in the evenings. And then once we landed our first uh, customer, we, we went full-time from there. So that, that was how it started. That's great. Where are you based right now? so so the team the company started in Singapore but then when it started I, I moved back to uh, Vietnam and then started the product and engineering team here and so so right now the company is split between Singapore uh, Vietnam and Indonesia
1: oh that's great that's very interesting and in terms of like your customers I mean are you mainly active in the Asia in the Asian market you have like global customers? How, can you share a little bit more about that? No. So actually, we, we started with um, service Asian customers. But at,
2: as of now, the uh, majority of our customers are U.S. and European-based. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a common question that people ask me, right? You know, oh, you guys are based in Asia. Do you guys only work with Asian customers? More than 50% of our customers are U.S. and uh,
1: european no, oh, that's amazing. I have to say, like, uh, it's amazing that what you have managed uh, to do. I mean, I try to do something similar from from Greece, from Europe, and I can understand mm-hmm. like the difficulties of trying to build something that okay, it's trying like to serve the American uh, market, for example, and do it outside the American market. So yeah, yeah, well Absolutely. done. for
2: that. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, if anything, we learn, we, we should have come to the US sooner. That's one of our
1: lessons. Yeah, that's probably also my lesson, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's uh, that's the t- that's the topic for a business uh, podcast. Now we want to discuss a little bit more about technology. So, uh, getting back to the product, because I wouldn't like to spend a little bit more time, like on the product. Uh, if I understand correctly, uh, and because, like, I mean. Before before I ask the question, the perception that most people have when they are to- we are talking about BI is it's that it's all about the visualization, right? We have like somehow associated strongly the term of like BI tool with with visualization. But from what I understand, Holistics is not just a vi- visualization platform. Can you tell me a bit more about uh, what's different about Holistics? How you compare to other tools out there like Looker? Chart.io, Science, and the rest of the tools. And yeah, I mean, at the end, what's, what's, what's special? What's the secret sauce behind? Oh, your okay. Suggestion? No,
2: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think you brought up a very good point about visualization. I think for the longest time, when people talk about BI, they think about visualization. It's a very understandable lot of thinking. And I think, you know, the, the leader in that space, Tableau has done a tremendous job educating the people. And, and it's, think about it right if you are a business user and people talk about data you know the first thing you come to mind is the visualization right and then the next thing that come to their mind is you know what are the software that that does a good job at visualizing the data right? which is you know uh, tableau right the, the, the leader in that space right but but that's because you know the business user the non-technical users is not the person who prepare who went through the entire process of collecting you know Cleaning, validating the data, transforming, preparing the data for the final visualization, right? The, the data preparation period, right? That's the data team's job, right? So, so so essentially, if you look at the statistics, a lot of people will say that they spend more than 80 or 90% of their time just trying to get the data, preparing and cleaning the data to the right format before... Visualizing the data right so much. So from a data team perspective, a majority of the time is not spending on visualizing data, but spend on Preparing it. So, so, so that's kind of how, you know, holistic comes in right? as first cut, right? Contrary to uh, say Tableau where in order to visualize the data in Tableau effectively, you need to get the data into the right format. That's where holistic comes in. So that's the first thing. So the second thing is if you look at the BI space in general, I mean, I'm going to give you a more long-winded answer because it's, it's kind of, you know, we're basically talking to the data analyst audience here, right? So they wanted that nuances. If you look at, into the BI space in general, you see that there are two groups of, uh, generally there are two groups of BI tools, right? On the left is what I call the pre-cloud tool. These are the BI tools that build pre-cloud, you know, build for the desktop era, for the server era, where what they do is, what the assumption is that the data warehouse is expensive. So then what they do is they were going to build a data store for themselves, and then they're going to load all your data into their proprietary data store. And then they're going to expose kind of a very simple drag and drop interface for, you know, for the for the for, for the users to build the report. Right. And then on the other hand, you have or you have a group of tools where they is built around SQL. Right. You know, when 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 more and more people realize that, hey, you know, I should let the data warehouse do the storing and the processing of the job instead of letting the BI tool do it. A lot of, you know, people started building tools that rely on SQL. So you write a SQL query you send to, you know, you send a data way to the database, it's execute the query and return the result and visualize it clear. Right. So the. The, the, the difference is that on one hand, the first group of tools are very easy for the business user to use because they can use the drag-and-drop interface to, to build the report, but it's not actually very friendly for data people. The data people prefer SQL, right? And then the second group of BI tool is it, it, because it's SQL native, so it, data analysts and data team really like it because they, you know, they prefer working with SQL. Right. But, but on the flip side, they are not friendly for the non-technical users because now the non-technical users have to learn uh, SQL. Right. So Holistics is kind of sit in the middle right there. Right? So on the one hand, we are uh, SQL based, we are based on SQL. So that is a very friendly experience for the data team. But on the other hand, we don't require the non-technical users to learn SQL in order to build their own reports. So so that's kind of uh, how we are uh, differentiated right. does that kind of answer your question
1: yeah, yeah absolutely so it's great. i mean I can understand that especially uh compared to products like uh, tableau or power b i for example mm-hmm. or even products like if uh People remember Periscope data before it became part of uh, Science and compare it with Science because Science was exactly as 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 you are saying right. Like you had from in one hand something like Science that was like very strong like to visualize stuff. I didn't have the kind of SQL experience that data teams needed. And that's why <laughs> the two products also merged together, trying like, to be, deliver at the end this kind of uh, experience. Something similar also happens in a way with, with Looker, I would say. The difference there is that like, Looker implemented their own language at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have LookML, which then it gets like, it becomes something similar to what DBT is. So yeah, I totally get the vision and I think it makes total sense yeah yeah as always the devil is in the details so (laughs) it's all about how how you implement the product from what i understand is based on like what you've shared with us so far about the product so holistics is not just like a product for the data uh, for the consumer of the data who is like the person who is going to create Mm. the reports right it's also Mm -hmm. about the people who care about bringing the data together shaping the data transforming the data etc so it's it's also about, about from outside of the analyst or like the business analyst, it's also about the data engineer from what I understand. If not, please correct me, but I assume that like it's also like a tool that has a special role for, for the data engineer. In this case, can you, if this is true, of course, like can you share with us what are the problems that these people have and uh, why these problems and how actually they are addressed by your platform about, about, uh, from uh, how holistic addresses these problems and solves them? so 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 you you talk about the data engineer right so essentially
2: we don't really focus on the data engineer that much the kind of person the role we want to focus on is a data analyst if you really so basically we wanted to make the data analyst life better right and and the data engineer soon you see that the data engineer is part of the the picture right so it, it If you think about the data analyst role, you know he or she would be the perfect uh, person uh, with the right incentive and with the right kind of a skill set to be the main person driving the data team, right? Because you know a a data analyst person she 's technical enough to understand how the data structure looks like, understand the nuances in the technicality of the data she 's also have a business mind enough to be able to work with the business users to kind of understand their perspective how they think about the business model how how the business is running, and offer the data perspective to help them make decision better right but if you if you kind of look at the the pain point, the problems that the data analyst is usually facing in the data organizations And you see that she has a lot of bottlenecks. She has a lot of um, things you need to overcome. For example, right, a very common example is that if, you, if your organization has nothing installed, store, uh, have, have, no set, have no data set up, the data team, sorry, the, the data consumer, the non-technical user will keep coming to your data analyst for ad hoc reports. Right, you know, or I want to check, hey, how is my sales in the this quarter compared to the last quarter? I want to check if there's any uh, customer abnormality happening in, in, in my department. You know, stuff like that. And then the analysts have to always uh, spend time manually compiling those reports to prepare for the for the business user. So that is a bottleneck, I call it a bottleneck, right? Because the analyst waste time uh, doing that manual reporting and then the consumer actually waste time waiting for it to to, to happen, right? The second bottleneck I see is between the data analyst and the data engineer, right? Because the data analyst usually comes from a not very engineering background, you know, maybe from economics background, uh, finance background, she knows a little bit of SQL uh, a little bit of uh, business, you know, knowledge, right? But she doesn't, she, usually she doesn't know how to write uh, code, like Python Ruby, a programming code. So then whenever she needs some sort of data, she actually has to go to the data engineer to uh, ask, hey, can you uh, pull in this data for me? Or can you prepare this data for me so that I can do this report on run this analysis for, for the CEO? Right. So that is the second bottleneck. The analyst actually have to wait for the engineer to, to get to prepare, to prep the data uh, for her. Right. So, 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 and then the third one, you, you will see is that as the organization, uh, as the organization grows, <clears throat> you know, you have more data analysts and then you started in, to get into analytic chaos. Right. You know, the data analysts have no mechanism to collaborate between each other, right? You know, some analysis you done or some kind of aggregation work you do are not being shared or communicated to other data analysts. So then different analysts kind of use different formula to, 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 to run the report, to, to, to get the numbers uh, so that it started get into open analytics chaos. Right. So so that is another fiction, right? So it it you, sh- so essentially there are three bottlenecks that happen with data analysts between the data analyst and the, the business user, the, the analyst and the engineer and the data analyst with another data analyst. Right. So 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 you know, our hope, our 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 our, our vision is to build a platform that can empower analysts to resolve to remove these bottlenecks altogether. does, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So can you share a little bit more information of how this can be done today with Holistics? I mean, for this kind, these three types of like fr- frictions that, that they exist inside the organization, right? Like, do you solve all of them, first of all? Do you focus on one of them right now? And yeah, tell us a little bit more about the current state of the product in solving these problems and your future plans about this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so so we kind of solve all three problems in kind of a one shot. So so the three values that holistics. saw is that it's first of all it's 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 allow the non-technical users to sell service and get the data uh, directly without going through the data analyst, right? So that's the first bottleneck between the data analyst and the business user. Second of all, the a lot of the 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 work that data analysts require the data engineer to do are pipelining work Uh, so we actually give data analysts um kind of a data engineering powers to do so right they can you know they can load data from you know different sources into the the platform they can do simple transformations and persistence they can it can build reports to expose to the business users. So, 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 those are kind of we call data engineering powers that previously data analysts don't have. All right, and then the third thing, which is the friction between the the data analysts and data analysts, we actually, as I mentioned earlier in my in our kind of intro pitch, we actually help data analysts build a central source of truth for for the analytics logic, for the business logic, so that whatever work that you do is being, you know, is being checked in, is being version control in a way, and being collab, communicated with other people so that the team don't repeat themselves. So we do this, the way we do this is uh, to build, we build a kind of very logical semantic layer that sit between the business logic and the data logic and the underlying data warehouse logic so that the data team will just kind of, you know, they just kind of use, uh, they, they define all the business logic, uh, all the transformations, all the uh, pipelining in that semantic layer. And then, and then the semantic layer become the source of truth for, 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 for all the organization to come to, to, get, to get the answers. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's very, very interesting. So I guess through like all the interactions that uh, you had so far with uh, your customers, you will also like exposed to the data stacks that your customers have, right? Because I assume that Holistics is not like the only product that they are using for their data needs. So mm-hmm. can you share a little bit more about like what you have seen out there? Like what you have seen. In terms of like technologies that companies are using, how they try to architecture their data stacks, and of course, at the end, how holistic holistic sorry uh, fits to these architectures that we see up there.
2: Yeah, I think over the years we have start seeing people shifting. So, so your question is specifically around uh, what data stacks that we see our customer are using, right? What are they thinking about data their data stack?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. And what technologies right. you usually see working together with with Holistics? Mm. Okay. Let me
2: think. So so one of the things that we wanted to position Holistics is we are not a, a replacement. We are a complementary tool, like an augmentative tool with the existing data stacks. So when it comes in, they actually don't, if they have something that's working, they don't need to replace it completely. But, but over the years... I see that, you know, when people were small, first of all, people, uh, so, I mean, I mean, people, are, people here are familiar with data warehouse, right? But first mm-hmm. of all, what I see is that when they started, uh, when companies started, they actually don't need a data warehouse. right? Yep. The first thing they do is they just take a, they just take a, some sort of BI tool, a SQL BI tool, like Holistics, uh, plug in directly into their production database. And mm-hmm. off they go, and they can start building reports. You know, these are not very frequently assessed reports. So all that best practice advice is that we give people about, hey, it's gonna increase load to your database, it's gonna affect your production applications. It, it, it doesn't apply, right? You know, they just need something that works, that that fits their their needs. Very simple, their analytics needs, right? Except for when they have something like a MongoDB database, for example, where it's very difficult to do analytics on top of MongoDB. Uh, that's where we kind of recommend them to say, hey, you know, you should spin up a, a data warehouse instance. like BigQuery, Redshift, Snowflake, or even a simple Postgres database to and then pull the data over to, from MongoDB over to the data warehouse and, 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 and slap a BI tool on top. Right. So, so that's one thing. The other thing that I see is that I see increasing usage of I see kind of a shift between things like and so recently we we see a lot more customers using snowflake, you know mm-hmm. the hot new data warehouse, yeah, not as m- for the older I and mean for the for the longer for the for the older customers, they are still on redshift or Big queries, but i I, I do see a, a you know some trends where people kind of moving away from things like uh, Redshift when they run into some performance problem over to, say, BigQuery or uh, Snowflake, right? You know, uh, unless, unless the infrastructure requires them to stay on, to say, like AWS, right? Uh, third thing is, you know, I, I do see that, you know, tools like... Uh, I, I, another thing I started to see is that they're moving away from tools like Google Analytics to over to tools like uh, Snowflow, and of course, if other stack being, you know, being, being Google Analytics don't give you that kind of granularity in the events data that they need as compared to collecting the events data themselves, right? And then, you know, they, they start to realize that, hey, so we see a lot of companies moving from mixed panel to a custom view in-house solution, usually open-source solution. Uh, and of course, there's Snowplow and comes into mind. Yep. So that's the third thing we see. I mean, so that's that's what I can remember right now, right, if I have more, can share more.
1: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I think the, let's say, democratization of uh, data warehouses, because actually data warehouses, like, the, the, the past decade or something, they have become much more accessible to almost, like, everyone. Hmm. Actually, I think today, even for very small companies, like, accessing something like BigQuery or even, like, Snowflake, mm-hmm. it's, it's dirty cheap, right? I mean, all these systems they charge based on like your your either like your, the volume that you have there or, like the processing that you are doing so if uh, your data set is pretty small you're not going to be charged like a lot of money anyway mm-hmm. so yep. it's becoming a bit of a no brainer like for companies to even at an early stage uh, as you said like to use some of these technologies redshift is a, a bit of a different story mainly because it's, it requires a lot more management, although they are like working to change that. And I think that's one of the reasons that we see that that, uh, fully managed services like uh, um, Snowflake and BigQuery are winning big. Uh,
2: So so, so, so to comment more on that, right? uh, I think interestingly, if you go back to say, I remember in 2012 and 13, that was when Redshift first came out, right? Uh, I remember because uh, I was the data engineer back then working for Viki. Um, and this company uh, so we were our data warehouse back then was Postgres and when Redshift came out in beta we kind of immediately jumped into that to try it out and it was wonderful right it worked great uh, it's basically because it's compatible with Postgres there were very little things that we needed to do to migrate the data or to migrate our reporting system over right because uh, it's a, a compatible syntaxes and all that. All right, so Redshift was the first cloud data warehouse that is popularized, you know, basically dropped the price of data warehouse dramatically, right? But I, but I think the downside of that is because they they were, you know, it, I'm sure you know about the history of Redshift, right, they were based on Paraxel, uh, yep. which is our, based on Postgres, and then Amazon kind of struck a deal with them to kind of bring the Paraxel version onto their cloud, I mean, they did an amazing job of uh, kind of making it more a cloud, cloud cloudizes and make it more accessible uh, to people, right? But essentially all this infrastructure, I don't think they are built natively for the, for the cloud area, for the cloud era, right? If you look at BigQuery and Snowflake, right? The, the, one of the main advantage is the, the splitting of compute and storage out right so then the compute and storage don't sit in the same kind of physical servers uh, so to speak right And, and 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 that's why you know even though redshift was the first to come out of the market it becomes like an educating factor. It, it educates people to start using data warehouse. And then when they face the, the problem with performance, usually, and then the cost, uh, because they have to constrain themselves to a physical unit of a, a compute, like a server unit uh, because of storage and compute. And then that's where kind of BigQuery and Snowflake kind of comes in and take off from there. So, so I think that's very interesting kind of a thing to observe over there.
1: Yeah, and I found very interesting your, what you were saying about applications like Mixpanel and these very specialized, let's say, web applications around analytics. Because my feeling is that as we start having like very powerful and pretty cheap to use data infrastructure like the, the modern data warehouse on the cloud and very sophisticated BI and visualization tools like Holistics, Mm-hmm. Having your own infrastructure to actually do the product analytics that you could do with these kind of products, it becomes much much easier. So instead of like reintroducing another data silo, another product, another like a uh, inside your company, like you can reuse your data warehouse and actually build like at least some of these uh, functionalities that you find uh, on these products on your data warehouse using like something like Holistics and something exactly. like Snowflake. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So, so w- when I coming back to my last job, so back then, what we were doing is that for our events data, we were actually storing them in Hadoop. So we, we have this kind of, uh, we build this collector, right? You know, a custom build collector on, on top of a tool called FluentD. And then, you know, we, re- we build a web endpoint, we push event data there, and then we use kind of a uh, the FluentD and push it to our S3 and then we slap a Hadoop, Hadoop cluster on top. All right. And then we run some sort of aggregations and then the aggregated results get pushed back to our Redshift data warehouse. All right? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the way we do that, the reason why we do that was because I think i think the cost of data warehouse would also you know it's not like bigquery or snowflake right where you where they separate compute and storage you know in redshift you, the more you the more events data you push the the more the more raw events data you push to it the more storage is consumed and then it's actually and then when you want to upgrade you have to actually upgrade uh, the entire cluster so, so 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 essentially we maintain a dual system a dual data warehouse so to speak uh, one runs on top of the Hadoop ecosystem, and then the other one runs on top of you know traditional MPP databases.
1: Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is this is a setup that even uh, now you can see like in some components like. Any company that has to operate like on an AWS and they have like huge amounts of data to work with, especially if they are like event-related data, you can yeah. see that like they're probably going to implement something like a data lake where the data will be stored on S3. Then just a the subset of this data is going to be loaded in Redshift uh, yeah. or use like something like Spectrum and Athena to uh, mm-hmm. prepare and load the data or even query the data directly. And um, yeah, I think that this is also like a big byproduct of uh, like the architecture and uh, the amount of data that some companies out there have to deal with. So yeah, what you did with, with Hadoop, I mean, I think it's still happening. It's just like the technologies have matured and things are a little bit easier than yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> uh, spinning up. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's convergent, basically. I mean, if you think about it, then there are two tracks, right? On the one track, there is uh, things like MPP database that spin out of... Uh, C-Store, the, the columnar storage mechanism. And then on the other track that you have, you have Hadoop, right? The, the, the idea of separating compute and storage and map reduce. And then what, what you are saying is that, and what I'm seeing is that these two tracks will somehow converge, right? Uh, it, to the same idea. Uh, a lot yeah. of the concept from the MPP columnar storage database is also been, has already been applied over to the Hadoop ecosystem and vice versa.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. That's also what I see. And it's very interesting to see how this market is going to develop in the future, because I think we are still at the beginning with uh, mm-hmm. what is happening with the technology around data. So I'm very excited to see what the next couple of years will, will bring us. So, yeah. okay, we talked about the, the data stacks that uh, you have seen out there in the wild. Quickly, can you, because at the end, you are also like a company, right? And you also have to work with data internally, do reporting and all that stuff. So, very quickly, can you share with us a little bit of, like, your infrastructure? What kind of tools you use? I assume you're using Holistics in-house. <laughs> but if you don't, you can, you, can, you can tell that. So, yeah, share with us, like, what are you doing? What kind of best practices you are also following? And what kind of stack you have?
2: Okay, okay. I mean, uh, our data, I mean, we're a B2B company, right? Our data stack is pretty boring, so to say. You know, we don't have a lot of, you know, huge volume of data to process. I mean, we just kind of a standard, right? We have, you know, our production database is a Postgres database. We use, and then our data warehouse, we, use, we, we are using BigQuery right now. We, uh, we loaded our data from, we use Holistics for sure. We loaded our data from uh, Postgres over to BigQuery using Holistics, you know, and then we use Holistics to do the modeling you know, to do all the business logic to data logic mapping to do on the transformations within the data, within uh, the data warehouse, big queries. And then we also use Holistics to expose kind of self-service interface for the business user of the predefined dashboards. We use Holistics to set up this push, the data push from, so, you know, we don't log into Holistics every day, right? We, we push data into our Slack channel. So we set up this report and we push the data over to our Slack. So then every morning we log in to Slack, we open up, uh, and then we can see a very nice visualization that sits there to say how many, uh, say, users we got the, the last day, of the last week, uh, stuff like that, right? So that on the transactional side. On the kind of event, the analytics side, we, 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 we set up Snowplow, you know, that was like a year back. And then similar thing, Snowplow pushed data to BigQuery. Uh, and then in the BigQuery, we, you know, we also use Holistics to model a lot of that events data, page views data, and then uh, push to the visualization front. So so that's pretty standard. That's pretty uh, boring. I mean, it essentially, you can reduce the three things, right? Snow, Snowplow, BigQuery, and then Holistics.
1: Of course. Well, to be honest, I think that it's something that I have um, encountered a lot, like in this podcast, like mm-hmm. the most successful data stacks that we have seen so far usually they employ some kind of like boring technology <laughs> and <laughs> boring design <laughs> principles but at the end it makes sense i mean you like you can't ju- just use a, a, every state-of-the-art thing out there because you will pretty much end up like duct taping your infrastructure so it's quite important like to also use like proven technology out there. And mm-hmm. it's very interesting. We had some discussions and this is something that we also do like in generally at stack. Like for example, for our product, we created some uh, kind of queuing mechanism on top of uh, Postgres, mm-hmm. right? I was talking, and this is an upcoming episode with the guys at uh, Slabdash, for example, uh, for their own product, they also needed to build some kind of, not some kind actually, a graph database Mm-hmm. And they decided to do that again on top of uh, uh, Postgres instead of using like one of the state of the art products around graph database that you can find out. Yeah, there. yeah, that's so, very cool. yeah, I mean, if you think about it, okay, like Postgres is a piece of software that has been developed for like almost, I don't know, like 20, 30 years now. So mm-hmm. uh, there has been like so much human energy in it, I mean, it's so mature and... When you're building a product at the end, you need to make sure that you deliver the best possible experience to your customer, right? Like your customer doesn't care what you're using on the background. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. uh, So boredom sometimes is good. (laughs) Yep,
2: yep. I mean, I I think, I mean, I can say so, I have so much uh, good things to say about Postgres. I mean, it's a very good generic purpose database. You can use for a lot of the use cases, especially analytics right I mean the SQL syntax the functionality around SQLs is insane uh, way better than mysql i we actually I actually wrote a blog post about this is like six years ago on why you should use Postgres over mysQL uh, when it comes to analytics
1: yeah yeah, it makes that all sense I, I can understand that so all right, moving a little bit forward, actually, going a little bit back, let's, uh, let's expand a little bit more about uh, around the BI market. And can you tell us, I mean, you're an expert in the BI market. Many things have happened, like in the past two years, many acquisitions, products had merged, uh, Looker was acquired by Google for a huge amount of money. So what do you see that is happening right now in the BI space and more specifically in the visualization space? What are the trends <laughs> that you see there and what do you think is the next big thing when it comes to BI?
2: So, I mean, if we, if, we, if we step back a little bit and look at the... I mean, BI has been around for 60 years, right? I mean, it's been around for a very long time. But, you know, if we really look into the history and how the BI market evolve. It's very interesting to, to, to look at. I mean, and then we wrote this in our guidebook on a holistic website. Um, if you look at the, we call it the three, three stage or three waves of BI. So at the beginning, this is maybe um, 40, 60, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, BI is a very centralized system, right? You know, you have uh, things like Cognos, uh, IBM Cognos, you know, you work for only the big corporation can afford BI. I mean, not for a small company, you know, they, they can't afford BI. So you, have it, they, you invest millions of dollars to build this uh, BI system. It's centralized, it's managed by IT. Basically, uh, it's only it's, uh, because the, the computing resource was so expensive that they will only be able to serve the business, the, 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 the top level management in that order. Right. Basically, there is some sort of a huge system, the data get loaded into that system, they they run overnight, and then uh, in the morning, they churn out some sort of reports, the very standardized report for the business user to look at, right? If you have random questions, like ad hoc questions, you can't, right? Basically, your request goes into a queue in the IT desk. And then you know the IT person will prioritize prioritize the CEO, the C-level executive request over your request, right? So usually you wait for maybe one or two months to get the data, to get the report you need. And every report we have to go through IT. So, so, so in a way I call that the centralized era. And then you know with the centralized era, they they have all these problems uh, that basically. Only the top executive have access to report, you know, the mid level, the low level operational person don't have access to it. So then there comes, there comes the second era what I call the decentralized era, right? The decentralized era happens when tools like um, Tableau uh, or Excel even, right, comes about basically instead of, you know, submitting the request, over to the IT team, you, you log into the some sort of the system, the CIM system, uh, the production system. You download the CSV file, the Excel file, uh, to export the CSV file, right? And then you load that CSV file into a desktop program you installed on your computer, uh, Tableau desktop, for example, it was awesome. You know, you you load, you dump the XCSV into Tableau and then you started to, you know, really explore the data, right? It's completely drag and drop, you know, it requires no SQL knowledge whatsoever. Non technical user could learn to use Tableau and, you know, assuming they got the right data extract, uh, they could come up with fancy graph for the rest of the company to consume, right? So so that was kind of the, the second era, the decentralized era, uh, which tool like Tableau is a solution to the problem the pain point faced by the first era, right? Are you following, uh, are, are you with me so far? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, so so, so, so then there come the problem with the second era, right? What, what we call the metric night fight, right? So the problem with the second era is because it's it's so decentralized, uh, it's so decentralized, and people started using this data through a workaround route, with not not going through central IT, it's very easy for the data to come out wrong. Right now, the non-technical users is the one that do the exploring, the building of the reports, and basically a scenario will happen where you have someone from the sales department says that the revenue is X, and then there's someone from the marketing department say the revenue is Y, and then what happened is that you know it's each, the, each of them maybe extract the same CSV, but use the wrong formula, the different formula to calculate revenue. Each of them might extract a different CSV because some, one CSV is stale data and one is not stale data. Right. And then, and then, and then this will become a disaster because imagine that you use the wrong data to report to your board of, uh, you know, board director. Right? So, things like that. We're going to, it's going to happen. Right. And then it's become a total mess, right? Uh, does, does that make sense so far for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So 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 so, so you see, so, uh, you know, on the first era, people have you know people have little access to data, but at least because it's going through central ID, they are experienced people. They you know they double check the data, and the data has not been all over the place. So then the the accuracy of the data is is, is correct, but in exchange for accessibility of the data. Right. In the second era where the data is being de- decentralized, anyone can extract the data from a system and uh, build their own reporting. Basically, you get a lot abundance of access to the data. But in exchange, uh, you you don't have the accuracy of the data, which is very important because if you don't trust the data, you stop using it altogether to make a decision. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, then there come the third era right and you know <laughs> Basically Basically we, we say hey, okay There is this friction between the business user and the data and the IT, the data team Right the business user wants access to the data But at the same time the data slash IT team wants control over the accuracy the consistency of the data alright <clears throat> So that's where tools like holistics or looker comes about right you know instead of uh, letting the business user download the data and build their own report in tools like tableau uh, directly uh, or you know lock them out all together and ask them to log into a central system to 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 view predefined report and there's no way for them to ask ask how question tools like tableau and holistics expose a a semantic layer of data a modeling layer right and then Instead of building the report for every single request from the business user the data team the IT team only need to work on maintaining the data modeling layer To make sure that all the data business logics are properly recorded all the metrics are defined clearly in the modeling layer So then so then this will be exposed as I mentioned earlier exposed as a BI interface for for the business user so then they can you know, they can still get the decentralized experience in the second era, but this time they don't have to kind of review every report from scratch uh, again, with maybe using the wrong formula or you don't have to download a CSV from somewhere in other system to load into the BI anymore, right? They use the source, the data from uh, that, 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 the data team, the IT team provide to them, they use the definition of the metrics that the IT team, the data team uh, prepare for them. All they need to do is just explore on that restricted, although, you know, flexible, but restricted interface to get that data. Yeah, so, so that's kind of the third era, right? That, that's already happening now, right? It's not clear, clearly obvious yet, but I think that's gonna happen sooner or later. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you managed to do an amazing description of what has happened in the BI market from its uh, creation up to today. And I think we still have like very exciting things to see uh, that will happen in the future. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm pretty sure that like Holistics is going to be like a company that will make some of these new things happen. So Having said that, and moving to the end of the show for today, one last question. Would you like to share something about Holistic that is coming in the future, something that is really exciting for you and you would like to share with uh, our audience?
2: Oh, thanks. Uh, maybe not so much on uh, holistics uh, itself, but l- let me comment a, l- a little bit more. On another trend that that we are seeing in the in, in the data analytics space which you know at holistic we are also trying to figure out how to how to tap on uh, does that uh, would that be okay yeah of course yeah. of course yeah so so i think the other trends that we see happening which you know you can say that the fourth trend, uh, you can say that the fourth wave or the fourth stage of our bi or analytics in general that we think is going to happen is the fact that a lot of, which is, I think this is already happening, right? A, a lot of basically analytics is uh, people are actually taking the learning from the best practices that happening in the software engineering space or the DevOps space over to applying to the data space, analytics space, right? You know, basically whatever principles that DevOps uh, in the DevOps business they are applying like CI, CD, like, uh, you know, continuous delivery, you know, agile development being applied over to the, the, the data space, right? And people call it data ops or as I, I think Tristan Handy from DBT, uh, Fishtown, they uh, he coined the term analytics engineer or analytics engineering, which also fits nicely with, with, with that kind of trend. So among those trained in the basically applying the software engineering principles over the data, one of the, one of the key element that I see happening is that the use of a code or text to represent uh, logic in the data. Right? If, you, if you look at the infrastructure space, there is, you know, there's obviously there are tool, uh, tools like Terraform. Are you familiar with Terraform or Ansible?
1: Uh, yeah of course yeah
2: so tool that terraform and Ansible use uh, uh, allow you to write code or rather text to represent your entire infrastructure and then yep. you just run a command to kind of recreate that infrastructure on on the cloud right in your production. right uh, So basically you, there's no more lock into the system UI drag and drop click here, click there. everything is code it is, is you know it's coded as text right. And that has amazing benefits, right? It's allow you to, it's enable automation, it's enable maintainability, it's enable reusability, it's enable clarity of uh, logic. It, it, it's like a simple practice, a simple mechanism of using code as code to represent infrastructure has a bunch of multiple, multitude of benefits to, to you know, to, to the company, right? So what I'm seeing happening uh, slowly is that that is being applied to analytics, right? Maybe what we call it analytics as code, right? And I mean, tools like Look, right? With LookML, you know, tools like dbt among the, the, the first tools to adopt either consciously or subconsciously to adopt these practices. And I see more and more tools. I'm sure more and more will basically catch on to, to adopt these practices. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I totally agree with you that this is like a huge trend that uh, is actually currently forming and we see more and more best practices from both development and engineering, but also from infrastructure management. As you very well said and mentioned, like um, Ansible and Terraform, we see uh, these paradigms coming also to the management of data and uh, how Mm -hmm. to work, how to use this kind of paradigms to accelerate productivity and increase quality and solve many of the unsolved problems around working with data from the past. So yeah, that's uh, pretty exciting. And I'm really interested to see what happens there. And I hope uh, we will see things uh, happening in this space also from uh, Holistics. So Hugh, thank you so much. It was great chatting with you today. I'm pretty sure we will have the opportunity to chat again in the future. I think we need a couple of episodes, at least, to cover all the different things we can discuss together. I would uh, encourage everyone to check your website. I know that you have an amazing uh, wealth of content there, so I'm pretty sure that like, people um, can find like, some very opinionated and interesting stuff around uh, data, BI, and all the stuff that we discussed together. And, of course, give a yep. try to Holistics, right? yeah
2: so you know, uh, we also wrote a free book i mean i, I mean uh, sorry about the simple activities. we wrote a very free book for those of you who basically um wanted to get a better understanding about the data bi space you know uh, we wrote a free guidebook to explain the, the bi space or the analytic space in a very layman term you can check it out on the website
1: that's great i would encourage everyone to go and uh, download it and awesome. uh, yeah Thank you. And I'm
0: looking forward to chat with you again in the future.
2: Thank you, Costa. Thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. That was a really interesting conversation. I think their approach to separating various components within the BI ecosystem is, is fascinating. But Costas, what uh, what piqued your interest and what did you like most about that conversation?
1: Yeah, first of all, it's like a pure delight to to chat with Huey. I mean, it's been like more than fifty minutes, probably our longest episode, and I feel like we still have a lot of things to to discuss with him. Huey is like an amazingly aware person around what is going on with the BI space and in the anything that has to do with like data in general. I think the whole conversation that we had around the evolution. Of the BI market and the products out there was great with the three different faces, how things started, what was the the second wave of BI tools, where we stand right now and what's the future. I think the team there has like a very crystal clear actually vision of what's going to happen with the BI space and they are executing like pretty well on that. It was like a great mix of both business and uh, technology related insights. I think it was very interesting part where we were discussing on analytics as a code. And we see that a lot happening lately where we have companies and products like DBT, LookML from Looker, like LookML was like a big part of the success of Looker. We see like how DBT becomes like one of the most favorite tools for um, data engineers and how the same approach can also be used like in the BI uh, space in general. We had the opportunity to even chat about Snowflake, the different data warehouse solutions. We literally went through the whole data stack and Huey shared with us his experience from the BI uh, point of view of every single part of the data stack. And that was like extremely interesting. Unfortunately, we didn't have, actually we didn't have enough time to go through everything. I'm pretty sure that we will have another, at least another call with him in the future to revisit some of these topics and also see what Holistics is going to come up next in their product. They're really like building an amazing product and it's very interesting to see how they are going to progress.
0: I agree. Well, we will uh, definitely schedule another call with their team and we'll catch you next time on the Data Stack Show.